gentlemen boys girls aliens martians any conscious being tuning into the podcast i welcome you to episode 15 of martian mixed martial arts this week we are going to be covering the ufc 223 card that happened this past weekend uh talking about all the uh new fight news in the week and previewing ufc arizona which is headlined by a lightweight banger between dustin poirier and justin gaethje So last episode, episode 14, we left off on Thursday night before UFC 223. The McGregor bus incident just happened. Uh, It just went down. We heard some rumblings about some injuries. We heard Kiesa's face was cut up. We heard Ray Borg might be hurt. Um, We heard Rose Namajunas was apparently emotionally shaken up by the event. And, uh, you know, the entire pay-per-view was in jeopardy. Um, then uh, my guest uh, David and I were speculating on which fights might happen, which fights might be canceled. We thought at the time that, you know, Mike Chiesa was going to be able to continue to fight Anthony Pettis. Uh, I was pretty confident in that, but uh, unfortunately it didn't happen. Even though Mike didn't need any stitches, apparently he had just a little bit of cuts on his face. Uh, so he wasn't allowed to fight. Um, you know, I kind of question the judgment of that. The New York Athletic Commission is not very experienced. Mixed martial arts was just legalized in New York less than two years ago. So they don't have uh, very much experience at all with these type of fights. And I think that we saw the inexperience uh, this weekend. So uh, we'll get to more uh, New York Athletic Commission uh, drama later. But... Uh, it's uh, Thursday night. Uh, we start hearing more rumblings that the fights are going to be canceled. It was it was late Thursday night uh, when I uh, checked Twitter and I saw Ray Borg versus Brandon Marino and Anthony Pettis versus Mike Chiesa were both canceled. Uh, along with, uh, we already knew that Artem Lobov versus Alex Caceres was canceled because of Lobov's uh, involvement in the bus attack. So uh, three fights were scrapped from the card uh it was a 10 fight card in most people's mind when we went to bed on thursday night and uh when we woke up on friday morning the bad news kept continuing uh right around uh 10 p.m which is in the middle of the two hour weigh-in window i believe uh, fighters were supposed to weigh in between 9 a.m and 11 a.m around 10 a.m news breaks that max holloway is uh unfit to continue cutting weight and that he is out of the main event against Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, tomorrow night. So uh, Tony Ferguson got hurt a week earlier. They flew Max Holloway in to take this fight injured and on short notice with no training camp. He takes the fight. He starts promoting it for a couple days. He does the open workouts, does the media for it, and uh, starts cutting weight. And in his process to get to 155, 
the 145-pound champ of the UFC is stopped from cutting weight. Uh, you know, Holloway said he wanted to continue cutting, but the athletic commission stopped him from doing so. Again, another uh, questionable decision by the athletic commission. And then uh, the real chaos ensued by having no headliner. Um, the rest of the fighters weighed in. I believe everybody else made weight. And uh, we were left with who's going to fight with uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov tomorrow night. Um, so there were there were a few options. There were a, a lot of lightweight fighters on the card. There was Chris Gruchemacher, uh very, very unlikely to get the title shot. Uh, Joe Lozon, also unlikely to get the title shot. Uh, Paul Felder, who... Um, who uh, was campaigning for the title shot himself. Uh, Ally Quinta wanted the title shot. Anthony Pettis wanted the title shot. And uh, after some consideration, uh, for some reason Anthony Pettis wasn't selected. I think he wanted more money. Uh, That might have been Anthony's problem. And uh, then uh, Paul Felder said he wanted the fight, and uh, the New York Athletic Commission said that because Felder was not ranked by the UFC's bullshit rankings, uh, he is unable to fight uh, Khabib in the main event. Even though he uh, has a, a three-fight winning streak, he's been very active. You know, He's got four or five fights in the past uh, year to 18 months. Um, so he made most sense on paper, but because he was unranked, apparently he was not uh, qualified to fight Khabib. So that left the UFC with raging ally Quinta, the most unlikely of all challengers, the guy who was on Ariel Helwani's show talking shit on the UFC last year, saying, fuck you, Dana, fuck you, UFC, pay me my money, you know, I'm, I'm risking my, uh, my... Uh, safety, my family, my health, everything uh, for fighting for you guys. Fucking pay me. Um, And uh, eventually they paid him. They gave him a new contract. uh, And uh, oddly enough, he ended up filling in on uh, around 36 hours notice, maybe less. Um, Yeah, less. less, Around 30 hours notice that he was going to be fighting the number one lightweight in the world, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, so, I mean, I mean, that decision, that, that turn of events was a chaotic, uh, incredible moment to cap off probably the most drama-filled uh, fight week in UFC history. Um, uh, I was in attendance in Brooklyn for this card. Uh, although, uh, you know, four fights were canceled uh, altogether, uh, I still had a great time. thought it was... Uh, Thought it was a great card. Enjoyed myself thoroughly. And um, we're going to talk about some of the fights. Um, you know, how I saw them going. What, the, what it was like in the arena. Um, all types of stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, started off the card. Devin Clark versus Mike Rodriguez. Uh, no fu- no uh, fight past prelims on this. Just straight to Fox Sports 1. Because there were so few fights. Devin Clark and Mike Rodriguez. Um... Rodriguez started off good in the first round, uh, probably won the first round. I think he was only given it on one scorecard, though. It was close, um, but I think he landed a, a, a punch that had Clark hurt at some point, so I uh, gave him that round. To which then uh, Rodriguez sort of just gassed out after that. Um, second round, he uh, started to slow down. Clark started to just 
boring, push him up against the fence and hold him down and not really do much, really inactive. Um, really, really uh, boring fight. Ended up just, uh, you know, wrestling and uh, holding his way to a decision, Devin Clark did. So um, pretty unimpressive win. Um, next fight, Ashley Evans-Smith versus Beck Rawlings. This is a pretty surprising performance from Evan smith She showed up, looked really good, had awesome striking. Beck Rawlings looked terrible, hopeless as always. One of the worst skilled fighters on the roster. Um, there's no excuse for her not to be cut after losing four straight um, She Her record stands at 7-8, and eight, which is just fucking terrible. Um, you know... You can't have these people on the UFC roster with a seven and eight record. It just gives the company a, a bad record, a bad look. Um, but uh, Evan Smith looking good at uh, at flyweight had a little bit of trouble at one thirty five. You know, was doing steroids up at one thirty five. Uh, but now she's looking uh, looking good at flyweight. Um, those girls were a little bit too big up there for her, but she uh, she looked really good. Next fight brings us to Olivier Oben Mercier taking on Evan Dunham. Uh, this is a pretty uh, pretty shocking fight. Um, thought uh, Dunham would uh, you know just outstrike uh, stuff takedowns, maybe outgrapple uh, Mercier to a decision, but uh, OAM scored the first knockout of his career uh, TKO less than a minute into the round. Uh, is, yeah, first first TKO. It was something like two plus two thousand odds. Um, something, something crazy. I can, I'll tell you the exact odds. Um, but, um, yeah, no one, no one saw that coming. First, first knockout of his career. Dunham was on a roll. Hadn't, hadn't lost a, a fight in his past five fights. Four, four wins, one draw. And, um, the odds on Mercier by TKO were only plus a thousand, but, I think that that's not entirely accurate. Um, I know people who got way better odds than that, but still a very shocking event. Uh, next fight uh, was a good fight between Karolina Kovalkiewicz and Felice Herrig. Um, Kovalkiewicz won this one uh, two rounds to one. I don't remember who won uh, which round. I want to say Felice might have won the first. Uh, let me check the official scorecards. Um yeah, this is a, a good competitive fight. You know, not not one of them was uh, out of the fight uh, at any moment. Um, I did think uh, Carolina clearly won, but uh, yeah, everyone gave all the uh, all the media gave every round to uh, Kovalevich. Actually, no, not all of them. Um, most of them, half of the media gave it all three to Kovalevich. Half of them gave two rounds. And uh, Herrick won the third, it looks like, on all three. Uh, Derek Clearly, Sal Diamanto, Chris Lee's uh, scorecards. Those three guys, Derek Clearly, Sal Diamanto, and Chris Lee, no mixed martial arts judging better than anybody. Oh, this fight was actually split. Uh, apparently, Herrick won on Chris Lee's card, uh, the first and the third. So... Um, it might have been uh might have been a lot closer than we uh we think. Um, let's let's check the the strikes between these two women. Uh, com- compare them um and see uh see who outstruck who in each round because apparently this is saying that it's a lot closer than than we we imagined. Chris Lee is the only person to score this fight for, um, Felice. 
but uh, like I said, he's a pretty uh, knowledgeable guy, so we'll uh, we'll look in uh, the statistics behind it to figure out if the claim is right. As I mumble on, trying to figure out, uh, trying to pull up the statistics. Um, here you go. Uh, forty-six to twenty-four. Kovačević outstruck her in the first round. So I don't understand how she could have won the round. She got outstruck by twenty punches. Um, the third round was much much closer. Uh, Fleece did outstrike her in that round by a couple strikes. You know that's obviously not the only factor of a fight, but Kovačević's knees, her elbows, her Muay Thai clinch is awesome. Really awesome to see. Um, uh, she's super good. I would love to see a rematch between her and uh, Rose Nami Yunus next. I think that's the fight to make. Carolina has a win over the current champ, and uh, I think we'll also have a lot of success against the rematch. It would be an awesome fight. Next fight was a heartbreaker. Chris Gruchemacher, uh beat Joe Lozon. Uh, this was just this was uh, you know just like a dagger in the chest. Um, Really, really gave it up for Lozon, uh, you know, coming out and during the introduction. I love the dude to death. One of the main reasons I got into MMA. And, uh, but he's just not the same fighter anymore. He uh, has taken a lot of damage, got knocked out a lot. Um, you know, just not able to take a shot as well as he was uh, earlier in his career. Um, so the first uh, maybe couple minutes of the fight, Joe had a little bit of success, but then uh, I was watching the fight in person, and I looked up at the screen, and Joe's face was just getting busted to bits, and he was all red, and uh, I knew I knew it was it was a bad sign, because um, you know Joe's gotten like that in a lot of his a lot of his recent fights. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't been able to come back and win the same way he has earlier in his career. Before he would be able to eat some shots and come back with uh, harder shots and get in a dogfight and win. But uh, now it's like once he gets lit up, he's just kind of turtling up and didn't did not do well. Uh, got pieced up for the second half of the th- uh, first round. Honestly, I think they could have stopped it after the first round. The second round, he was just a dead man walking. Um, getting elbowed and punched like no other. I I don't even. I'm scared to look at the stats, but I want to say Gruchemacher probably outstruck him, eighty strikes, eighty strikes to ten in the second round. Oh man, I was I was right on the money, seventy nine to fourteen. Um, he he just fucking mauled him. Uh, respect to Gruchemacher. He looked really good. Uh, hadn't looked that good in uh, a lot of his other fights. Um. You know, he is 14-3, but he's uh, struggled in the UFC so far. He lost back-to-back fights by, uh, to, by uh, rear naked choke. So uh, good for him to get a win under his belt. I don't think he's, you know, ready for a too high level of an opponent yet, but uh, maybe give him, like, Diego Sanchez or something. Um, next fight, uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Kyle Bosnak. And one of the one of the most incredible fights I've ever seen. Um you know, just being there in person for this one was special. It was it was awesome to see uh, the the technique of Zabit. You know how amazing he was, how good his head movement was. Like the dude just moves away from punches like no one I've ever seen. Um, it's like it's like a a magnet. Uh, like you know, attracts his head away from the punches as they're coming in. Um, 
you know, it, like every every punch Bajanak threw, he would just casually, casually slip out of the distance. He really didn't get caught clean with too many shots all fight, dis- despite Bajanak throwing uh, a lot of heat, a lot of power punches. Really just kind of headhunting, which he knew he had to do to get the win. But, um, you know, Bosniak put up an excellent, excellent fight. And the reason, uh, he was a lot of the reason why this fight was so excellent and got fight of the night. And, uh, you know, ultimately uh, had the entire uh, arena giving a standing ovation. Um, you know, so Zabit was a technician and he had some great takedowns, good ground game, good striking. But Bosniak was just so fucking tough and he was biting on his mouthpiece and walking forward with his hands down and eating shots and just throwing throwing bombs. Uh, it was just an amazing, amazing fight. And the last 15 seconds of the fight was just a crazy exchange. Uh, they were just, you know, both of them were throwing, uh, were just throwing down like uh, Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas style, or just in, in, not in the center of the, uh, the octagon, but on the cage. Um, just an amazing uh, way to end that fight. And when that started happening, I knew they were going to do that in the last 10 seconds. And I, I stood up and started cheering and screaming as loud as I possibly could. Uh, I might have teared up a little bit, honestly. It was just such a beautiful sight to see these guys, uh, you know, just uh, go uh, go out like that. You know, they had such a good uh, back and forth uh brutal fight up until then that was like the only way to end it and i'm so happy that they uh they swung it out to the fences like that at the end um you know i was a little bit skeptical of how uh good uh uh zabit was yeah you know he looked he looked uh flashy and impressive in his fight so far but um you know just the the real technicalities behind his flashiness really showed in this fight and uh the dude is just uh incredible he needs to learn english he uh speaks next to no English, you know, he, he goes, Dino White, who's next? And, uh, Joe Rogan goes, what do you say? He goes, who's next? Uh, he goes, who's next? Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Zabi Mago Um, yeah, so, and he's got to, uh, come up with a, a nickname or something, because Magomed Sharapov, um, I don't know. Maybe people get used to it like Nurmagomedov, but Magomed Sherpov, that's a lot of symbol, uh, syllables. Um, he's got uh, to come up with some uh, nickname. I'm sure the fans have a lot of nicknames for him so far, but he's got to come up with an official one. Uh, and like I said, uh, uh, got to learn English. There's a clip, a great clip of Habib uh, after the fight when he says, uh, he's like with Zabit, and he goes, here, here, I translate. And uh, he says, you know, Zabit, he's got to learn English. He's got to be able to promote himself. And uh, Zabi kind of just like, you know, embarrassingly smi- embarrass, uh, smiles and walks away. But um, who cares, man? He uh, I think he gained something like 100,000 followers this, this past week uh, from this fight, which is just insane. Uh, somebody pointed out that uh, he's, he grew more, more followers this week than Colby Covington has in general, which is a good point because although Colby is pretty funny and, uh, you know, uh, I kind of like the guy and he, he, uh, you know, just has a good, good role as the, the heel, the ultimate heel in the UFC. But, uh, you know, that whole trash talking angle, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really work, you know, you know, going out there and fighting hard and putting it all out there and having elite skills, uh, it doesn't matter what language you speak, the dude's still 
gain 100,000 followers. And, you know, he is Russian, so, you know, you never know if some uh, Russian bots are involved in there. Uh, you know, his Facebook page might be even more uh, uh, increasingly popular. You never know with those Russians. But nevertheless, uh, respect to both those guys. I was, like I said, one of the, probably the best live fight I've ever seen in my life. Um, next fight, uh, Hinato Moiscano versus uh, Calvin Cater. Uh, this fight was kind of a letdown from Calvin Cater. I thought he was going to uh, be able to win this fight easily, but um, not easily. I knew it was going to be a close fight, but uh, man, he uh, didn't didn't have an answer for uh, Moiscano at all. Moiscano really stuck and moved really well and used aw- awesome leg kicks and Cater just didn't really have an answer for that. Couldn't couldn't get close. Couldn't he? You know, relies on his hands and his crisp boxing a lot, and uh, just couldn't couldn't get in uh, his boxing range. Never really found his range throughout the fight. And Moiscano um, ended up beating him uh, thirty twenty seven on two cards. Uh, one card he got the Calvin got must have probably got the first round. Um, in the first exchange that really landed, uh, it seemed like Calvin kind of stumbled uh, Moiscano, but uh, Hinato uh, recovered pretty well and, you know, I think might have won the round um, from what I remember. Uh, I think I said something like, you know, even though he stumbled in my first, I think he ended up winning the round. So it uh, looks like a couple of judges gave it to him that way. One probably thought that what Cater did enough was the f- enough in the first was enough, but um, it was kind of looked super super good. Uh, I wonder what uh, what he what ranking he had jumped up to because um, he's he's got to be uh, pretty high in the rankings now. I'm gonna say like five or something. Uh, Especially after, uh, it might might not be that high, but uh, nine, yeah. So uh, I heard that the UFC is uh, you know trying to do uh, an event in South Korea, headlined by Korean Zombie. I think Moiscano would be an amazing fight for that. Uh, I think he'd be a good fight for Josh Emmett. Um, maybe uh, you know Cubs fighting Ed, Cubs fighting Edgar, uh, Aldo's fighting Stevens, Ortega's fighting Holloway. Lamas is fighting uh, Bektik, Rodriguez is fighting. Is gonna fight Zabit. So uh, I don't know. It looks the uh, featherweight division is pretty booked up as we speak. But uh, maybe Darren Elkins could be uh, an opponent from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, so he got got a lot of options. Um, but he Wisconsin looked awesome. Uh, next fight, co-main event for the strawweight title. Uh, had an amazing rematch between Rose and Joanna. Uh, this fight was razor thin. Um, the judges' scorecards of four, all three gave four rounds to one for uh, Joanna. I don't think that's exactly accurate at all. Um, let's check with the the media. The media scorecards had um, majority of people giving Rose uh, three rounds to two, which I I did as well. Um, and then a couple of people had Joanna winning uh, three rounds to two. The clearest rounds were round one for Rose, um, and round I want to say three and four for Joanna. Those three rounds are clear in pretty much everyone's book, but the disputed rounds are um, two and five. I mean, it really comes down to two. I think. I think. Rose won round five on everyone, so one, three, four, and five are uh, pretty much um, 
accounted for, but round two is the one where uh, it is up for a debate. Um, let's look at the stats. I, I mean, they were so close in this one. Uh, you know, Joanna actually outstruck Rose technically by 52 strikes, but I don't know. It didn't really seem that way uh, watching the fight. Um, the second round, Joanna and uh, landed seven more strikes. It was 20 to 27 in favor of jo- uh, Joanna. Um you know, it really comes down to how how you score a fight. There's there's two main components to to who is who's winning a fight. You could score it for the active person, the person who's you know uh, actively walking forward and throwing volume and popping a jab out and throwing leg kicks and throwing combos and being active and moving. Or you can score it for the person who's using less energy but still counter-striking well. Even though Rose was moving backwards, she was still landing a lot of shots on Joanna. She was still, you know, disrupting her rhythm. Um, you know, using... Rose was uh, not moving around as much and not uh, controlling the cage as much as Joanna, but she was still doing a good amount of damage. So, uh, you know, that's that's an, an eternal uh, debate between people is a high-volume striker versus, you know, uh, a timid counter-striker. Um, you can see a fight two different ways. Uh, pretty much every bo- high-level boxing fight is contested between two guys like that. Uh, the best example would be uh, Gennady Golovkin versus uh, Canelo. Gennady was the or Gennady uh, Triple G was the uh, active guy throwing more throwing more jabs moving the fight around the the ring a lot more but Canelo was the more energy efficient guy the guy counter punching throwing more power punches landing more power punches and uh, you know like we saw that fight was a draw because the the struggle between those two uh, styles uh, is a you know uh, one a problem not a problem but. Uh, a decision that will be have to be uh be made uh throughout fighting uh history pretty much, and um that fight was amazing. Uh, honestly, I think uh, like I said, I want to see uh Rose fight uh Carolina in a rematch um next, and then I want to see uh Joanna rematch uh Jessica Andrade. Uh, that would be uh awesome rematch. Uh, should be five rounds. It should be a main event somewhere. Both uh, Joanna obviously carries a, a pretty uh, notable name around her. So I I mean I mean they put that on Fox Fox Sports One Fox uh, as like a headlining uh, big Fox show. I think it could draw you know two or three million people. So um, it seems like a no brainer to put her in a put her in a main event on a on a Fox card next. Um, and uh, you know Rose is uh, is. A, uh, you know, I don't think she might be ready for her own headlining pay-per-view yet, but she is a, a great uh, addition as a co-main event to any card. Um, you know, she she brings a lot of fans, gets a lot of good reception, and is super respectful and just an overall uh, excellent martial artist. So um, good, good for her that she retained. I thought she won the fight. Um, the Most of the arena seemed to be cheering for her, and, uh, you know, uh, good fight, but I think a trilogy is uh, in in the future. I think t- probably next year, two thousand nineteen, we'll see them uh, battle out again. Because I mean, Joanna is ultimately the best uh, strawweight in the world besides Rose. Um, she clearly beat Andrade, and she's beaten out most of the other top strawweights. So um, I think a trilogy is inevitable. Last but not least, the main event, the fight that changed uh, three times throughout the week. 
Uh, Khabib taking on Ally Quinta. I mean, this fight was just so ridiculous that it even happened. You know, seeing the headliner, seeing like the text for it was a bizarre, bizarre sight. Something I never thought I would see in my life. And, um, you know, this fight was, uh, it was not the most exciting fight in the world, but, uh, I guess it delivered, uh, more than, uh, more than I expected. Um, I thought Khabib honestly would have, uh, an easier time beating Al. I thought that, uh, Khabib would finish Al, but, um, surprisingly enough, Ally Quinta lasted to a decision. You know, technically, I think uh, Khabib by decision was, like, a favored outcome to happen, so it's not too surprising that it, that, that happened. Um, no, I mean, well, the fight going to a decision was uh, f- pretty much 4-1 to one odds, but uh, Nurmagomedov Madoff by decision was... Plus four fifty nine, yeah, that, that's that's pretty high. It, so I was totally wrong in saying that it was um, favored for a decision. Um, so you know it was very very shocking result that it went to decision. Did not expect Al to be able to hang in there that long. Didn't expect him to be able to get up from his uh, pressure on the ground. But man, Ally Quinta did amazing. All all things considered, he was training for a three round fight with a striker. And ends up in a five-round fight with a wrestler and doesn't get finished, um, you know. And I think he ultimately took less damage than a lot of other guys who fought Khabib have, uh, especially Michael Johnson and Edson Barbosa. Especially those guys. Those guys took way, way worse of a beating than Al did. Um, you know, his eyes and his face and his lips were all like busted up and swollen the day after the couple of days after in interviews, but. For the most part, Al walked out of there uh, way, way less uh, harmed than uh, those other guys did. But, uh, you know, Khabib was dominant as always. His uh, takedowns were uh, were there all night. Um, his, uh, you know, top control wasn't wasn't as dominant, like I said, uh, as we've seen in the other other fights. And, you know, his submissions didn't look as... Uh, as as slick as they should be, you know? I feel like the dude should learn leg locks. Like, you know, he's taking people's legs down all the time, and he'll do this thing where he'll, like, you know, kind of put pressure on their legs and, like, push them against the cage uh, while he's looking to, you know, eventually move up and look for ground and pound. But, dude, like, you're controlling their legs at will. You're snatching the legs, and there's nothing they can do to get out of that. Why not not perfect your leg lock game and start finishing motherfuckers with some leg locks like you're like i said you're picking ankles and knees and shins all day and takedowns you might as well just go ahead and attack it right there instead of working your way to mount or to side mount and trying to ground and pound like i don't know uh you know we 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 have seen him get a good amount of submissions the dude's got eight submissions in his career but uh, I think that I think that uh, he could uh, I don't know focus a little more on his jujitsu and try to try to uh, threaten more with that because I mean Al escaped a lot of submissions he was you know it looked like he was in a bad spot and like you know Khabib was on his back and trying to sink in hooks for a choke and uh, Al got out of there so um, you know Al's definitely not the highest level jujitsu guy himself either so uh, not the not the not best thing to see but. Uh, he obviously still looks very, very dominant. I'm just criti- nitpicking the little things that he he's uh, doing wrong because uh, he uh, 
is obviously such a high level martial artist. But uh, then he also uh, took a, a couple rounds to really work on his striking. Just rounds three and four, he didn't really take Ally Quinta down at all. He spent uh, pretty much the entire round on his feet and out striking Ally Quinta for the most part. Um, uh, all three judges, uh, or not all three, uh, two judges had it uh, 50-43, giving Khabib two 10-8s. I don't know which, let's see which rounds they were. Uh, I'm going to guess one and two. Um, no, it's two two and five. So, yeah, two was the one when, two was the one round when our, our, where everyone was like, oh, shit, is he going to survive? Is he going to survive? And after that, I mean, the fact that I went to last three more rounds after everyone pretty much, like, counting down the seconds in round two, like, oh, shit, he's going to actually, like, survive this round. Um, so... Uh, you know, pretty uh, just so impressive from Iquinta. Um, and you know, Nurmagomedov did look uh, pretty improved on the feet. It worked behind a jab pretty nice. Um, but uh, overall, man, his striking is is uh, clearly his weakness. Uh, his head movement, his punching, uh, all that is uh, is not uh, up to par with the striking offense of some some other lightweight killers in the division. Uh, like um, Conor McGregor and uh, Tony Ferguson, I think that uh, if that if he chose to stand with those guys, it would he would not have much success at all. So uh, you know, I think that you know, I think that he knew he knows that he took some time to work different things in this fight, like a smart guy, uh, smart guy. Um, you know, he said his coaches didn't want him to do that, but you know, he's uh, he's his own individual, so. Uh, good for him that he made those that made that choice to you know show off his striking a little bit. It definitely looked a lot better than it did in his past a uh, couple fights. But um, uh, you heard a lot of criticisms from Joe Rogan, uh, not criti- like too major, but he was pointing out a lot of the things I'm pointing out right now uh, as the fight was happening. Um, he uh, just was saying that you know Khabib is moving away with his chin up in the air and it's that's not good to do and high level strikers like Holloway or McGregor uh, would be like you know screaming at their TVs watching it which is true and uh, you know coming back to the point where Holloway was supposed to be the one fighting Khabib this week uh, that would have been interesting man because um, I don't uh, I don't know man the way uh, the the way. Khabib's striking defense is, I think that Holloway would be able to cause him a lot of problems. So, you know, that's uh, that's a fight I'm hoping to see in the future at some point. I don't know uh, when, you know, maybe Holloway... I mean, Holloway could pretty much beat Ortega, and then he has pretty much wiped out uh, the most of the featherweights. Uh, you know, there's a couple guys like uh, Moise Cano uh, and... Uh, Korean zombie and Zabit, who he hasn't, who he hasn't fought yet, but majority of the top guys at featherweight, uh, Max is already uh, taken out. So um, you know, I think that is a fight that has a high chance of happening in the in the future. Um, and you know, obviously uh, the other uh, event that had a, a cloud over this uh, this fight week was Conor, the Conor McGregor bus incident. Um, we saw him uh, get uh, get arrested, get a uh, his mugshot taken, get taken out of the courthouse in handcuffs. All different types of uh, great shots were uh, released this week, uh, this past week. Um, 
probably the most famous one being of him with his hands behind his back, you know, handcuffed. People making all types of memes, uh, making fun of him, which, uh, you know, he pretty much deserves. Uh, even though I love the dude, he, you know, he fucked up big time and uh, he's got to face some repercussions or punishment for it. Uh, not saying it should be official by the UFC, some, you know, but I mean, just the embarrassment and the, the, the memes uh, enough are. Uh, might be, uh, not, might, not might be enough, but, um, are, are definitely doing a toll uh, on its own, so, uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what follows with that whole, uh, incident, uh, whether he'll be, like, suspended or some bullshit from the UFC, um, but, uh, I don't know, I can just see him taking a couple more months off and eventually fighting, uh, later this year, uh, I don't know, I don't know if he jumps right, right in there with Khabib, um, Maybe he'll fight uh, Diaz again. You know, you never know. We've been having these conversations for weeks. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's really worth speculating because uh, it'll happen when it happens. And uh, for now, we have other things to worry about. But um, you know, there has been rumors of some bullshit uh, hybrid MMA fight going on between McGregor and Mayweather. Uh, I think it's all bullshit and speculation. They're kind of just keep. Mayweather's name in the loop or to maybe negate some of the the heat coming McGregor's way but uh holy shit this is the most dumbass idea I've ever heard um it's not hybrid MMA it's boxing with no shoes and clinching so it's no kicks no knees no elbows no takedowns no submissions but boxing with four ounce gloves five five minute rounds uh, like five five minute rounds, like you know, right there, like like Mayweather's not gonna do it. He he he. This this is so clearly bullshit. Why would he risk everything to to do this hybrid fight? Like it's it's so bullshit. Um, he doesn't realize. I don't know if he doesn't realize this or he 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 probably does because he's a smart guy. But if anybody thinks that uh, Floyd would do well in this. Um, you, you're forgetting that clinching isn't allowed in boxing. You know, you can do it for a couple seconds and then the ref is there to save you, which the ref saved Mayweather, you know, dozens of times in their boxing match. Um, and, you know, McGregor kind of, uh, you know, did, did a little bullshit around the rules uh, or trying to throw some strikes uh, to the top of the head of Mayweather and whatnot and going behind his back. Just doing all types of like weird stuff that a boxer wouldn't normally do, um, but uh, if this fight were to happen, then that would not be that would not happen. There wouldn't be no referee there to break up the clinch, and you know maybe they would get his back put against the cage, and he would get you know pushed around by the bigger guy, and he would get you know roughed up in the clinch, and you know uh, he would eventually. Um, probably probably lose that fight pretty easily. I think McGregor would uh, be able to take him in that. I don't know. I think even the clinch alone uh, would be a, enough uh, of a factor. I mean, plus the size. Like, McGregor would be 175 pounds, uh, 180 pounds in there, while Mayweather would be, I don't know, 165, 170. So it would be a 10, 15-pound weight difference, I think. And, uh, you know, the size of them is obviously, uh, we've seen them com- compared before. McGregor is much bigger. Um, but, you know, I don't think that fight will even happen, so it's not even worth, you know, speculating on it much more than I just did. Um, but, uh, we're gonna move along to the, uh, 
we'll go with uh, the news from in between these weeks before uh, this week between before we go to the UFC Arizona card. Um, we had uh, Nick Diaz settle his uh, his d- dispute with USADA, um, which uh, was for a whereabouts violation, which is when you you don't tell USADA where exactly you are. You know, you go on vacation or you go somewhere and visit your friend in a different town, and if you don't update them, you get a violation. Um, so that's not like policing employees. I don't know what is, but um. That's just one of the main problems with uh, USADA. I think, you know, you're you're in order to so-called create a level playing field uh, with these steroids. You're basically having to monitor and track all of these athletes, um, and you know they're not even treated as employees. They're independent contractors. They're not given benefits. Employees are, you know, they're not compensated for having to give their location. It's like, oh, you want to fight for us? You have to just give up your location and tell someone where you are and update them every time you go somewhere and if you don't you're gonna get in trouble you're gonna get a year off you're gonna get a year off of uh fighting which is i don't it's just it's just an example of why usada is just i think over the top and um you know not not really uh working too effectively so uh he settled uh this uh dispute from the day it happened it was retroactive so uh, it happened like last April, and I believe that April nineteenth is the day that Nick Diaz is technically eligible to again to fight in the UFC. So um, that'll be super interesting to see what happens. You know, I don't even know if the I think the dude will want to fight. He, um, uh, I think that he he knows he can make a little bit more money. It's just depending on who the opponent is. I think uh, Michael Bisping would be uh, honestly a really great a really great opponent at uh, one eighty five. You know the UFC has obviously dis- uh, displayed that they're they're willing to give Nick Diaz money fights. They already did it with Anderson Silva. Uh, you know thinking like thinking back to the fact that, that fight even happened, it's kind of comical um, that they just booked that super fight like out of the out of the blue, and they're like, oh really? You you're actually gonna give us a super fight? Um, but uh, you know. It's obviously not like too too much of a super fight. It was not like GSP Silva, but in in a sense, it was a super fight. Um, but uh, we'll we'll be interested to see what happens next with Nick. Um, he could just never ever want to fight again too. That's always a possibility. He's a pretty difficult guy, and if the UFC doesn't respect him and tries to offer him, you know. Darren Till or some some uh, young up and coming fighter who's gonna slaughter Nick, then uh, that then he should he, he's not even gonna re- return the call, which he shouldn't. Um, so hopefully the UFC treats him right. Hopefully we get a good fight. Um, and uh, moving on, we had uh, Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson announced as the first non-titled UFC one forty five women's. Uh, fight you know we've had the the flyweight or featherweight division for the women's for since july of july 29th of uh 2017 and there has not been one non-title fight it has just been cyborg and um who is that broad she nearly killed uh, on her way to winning the uh Damn, I'm really blanking on her name. What's her name? The soccer mom looking woman. Um, scrolling back in Cyborg's record. Tonya Evinger, man. Whew. Um, the, so, Tonya Evinger. So, yeah, she uh, slaughtered her, won the title, defended against Holm, defended against Kunzikanya, 
And uh, now, uh, while she's waiting for her next move, they're actually booking a non-title fight for once. So um, that's good to see. I think Holm versus Anderson is a good matchup. Uh, obviously, I think they're the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're two of the only women in the division. But nevertheless, um, this fight's taking place in Chicago. Hopefully, Anderson's uh, visa issues are all solved. Um, we solved it. Mary Beck Tysonoff had uh, notorious visa issues, and the UFC booked him on UFC 223 anyway, and he was pretty quickly pulled off that card. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen here with Anderson. Hopefully this fight goes through. And um, uh, Jose Aldo versus uh, Jamie Stevens is verbally agreed upon, I think, for the uh, some Milwaukee UFC or St. Louis uh fight card let me, uh, let me google this real quick um but for uh, i think it was originally discussed that they were going to do it on the singapore card um it's canada apparently um the where at in canada um yeah they were they were originally going to do the fight on uh in singapore but i don't think that's happening it says they're trying to uh calgary uh, sweet July twenty eighth. So, um, Aldo versus Stevens. I don't know. I think that's that's a pretty dangerous fight for Aldo. But uh, the fight has never happened, uh, and I, I'm super interested in the matchup. So, I'm gonna try to put fan bias aside and Aldo, and just be excited for the matchup if it happens. And uh, after Holloway fell out of the main event uh, against uh, Habib, he uh, refocused his uh, attention towards Brian Ortega, and he hopes to fight uh, Ortega at UFC 226, uh, the big international fight week card headlined by Stipe in D.C. That would be an amazing, amazing co-main event. Um, you know, two of like, top, the top pound-for-pound guys in the world. Um, amazing title fight. Uh would be interesting to break that one down if it comes closer, but um, hope that one happens. <clears throat> and uh, the biggest news in the past couple of days that there's been rumblings, reports, rumors um, of the UFC uh, getting a new TV deal. Now, I think it hasn't been confirmed by anybody too legitimate. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people, uh, legitimate reporters, have talked about it. But I think it was first reported by some Therese Owens website, which is, I think, like some tabloid sports uh, media website. So who even knows the legitimate uh, legitimacy behind it? But uh, a couple of the uh, the highlights from them were three hundred and twenty million dollars per year, which is I believe a lot more than they're getting right now with Fox. Uh, they would shrink their pay per views a year from twelve to thirteen to six, which would be gigantic. I don't. This is this is kind of where the skepticism of this comes about because um, I don't know if the UFC would be be able willing to do this. I think it would make sense, and their pay per views would sell a lot more than they currently are if they did less of them and you know made them more special. But who knows if they're they're willing to do this. Um, and uh, the other uh, pretty shocking thing was that it's between ESPN and NBC, and they were saying that, like boxing, certain fighters would be exclusive to certain networks. So they would, ESPN would say, oh, we, we like McGregor. We want McGregor fighting on our network. Well, he would obviously never fight on free TV. But, um, you know, certain, you know they, they, would, they would have to find, like, certain stars or certain people they were excited in, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, who, who knows who uh, would be um 
It, it could be minor fighters like, oh, ESPN wants Paige Van Sant. They'd be like, uh, NBC, like, okay, you can have her. She sucks. Um, but Or they could they could claim, like, higher level fighters. Like, they could get a not a super popular champion. Like, oh, we have TJ Dillashaw. Like, oh, shit. Well, D- that's good because Dillashaw's a champion. You can actually get some good fights. You can get a cruise fight, get a Cody fight, and, um, you know, sell tickets. So, who knows what will happen with that? Uh, that'll be a totally different direction than than the sport has been going in in the past couple of years. So uh, it would be interesting to see that. You know, would uh, uh, like to hear some more confirmed reports about it. Hear some higher up uh, reporters talking about the legitimacy behind it before we t- uh, talk about it too uh, too much more. But interesting, uh, interesting introduction to it. Um, the shrinking of the pay-per-views is actually uh, really interesting and a good idea. Um, kind of, th- but you don't really see too many of those out of the UFC. All right, so uh, we're gonna move on to UFC Arizona. The card happening um, <clears throat> two days from now, uh, which is headlined by Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje, which is an amazing, amazing matchup. But uh, we'll start at the bottom of this card. Um, I'm looking at a share dog, and I believe they have a little bit of a different lineup than the wikipedia page has uh who knows which one is actually accurate um it looks like the wikipedia one's accurate so we'll we'll go by that one luke sanders taking on patrick williams in the first fight both these guys are fairly new to the ufc and uh both uh kind of struggling to find their stride so far both are one and two um uh, Sanders winning over Maximo Blanco uh, by rear naked choke and uh, losing by knee bar to Yuri Alcantara and losing by TKO to uh, Andre Sukumtai. Uh, Sukumtai not really too much of a hard hitter, so it's kind of kind of surprising that uh, he knocked uh, Sanders out. And uh, Patrick Williams with uh, a loss uh, to Chris Beal by flying knee. Uh, that was a really famous highlight knockout from a couple years back. Um, he uh, guillotined Alejandro Perez, which is a pretty impressive victory um, in Mexico. And then uh, uh, last year lost to uh, Tom Dukensoy by uh, TKO. So he's had some pretty uh, some struggles with uh, activity over the past uh, couple of years. Only five five or six fights in the past five or six years so really struggling with uh, activity there no fights in 2016 at all so um that's definitely going to be a a worrisome aspect of this uh coming off pretty much a a year layoff to the day um sanders has been a a little more active had uh three fights in 2017 um i don't really have a prediction for this one but uh, i imagine I imagine Luke Sanders will win, probably by decision. Um, and uh, moving along, uh, Matthew Lopez is taking on uh, Alejandro Perez. Uh, Perez is the guy I mentioned that uh, Patrick Williams has a win over. But uh, Perez has been doing a lot better lately. Um, he uh, had a draw with Albert Marias uh, a little while ago. Um, he was pretty winning that fight, but he had, uh, had a point deducted for uh, grabbing shorts. Um, oh, no, no, no. It was uh, hit, uh, punch after the bell. Um, uh, regardless, he uh, won a pretty pretty close split decision against Sukumtat and uh, won a decision against uh, Alcantara. So he, is, uh, he had a pretty good uh, 2017, Perez did. Um, Lopez uh, struggled a bit. He got knocked out by uh, Sun Tzu a couple months ago after missing weight in that fight, too. So um, two, uh, two worrisome aspects. Uh, 
you know, getting knocked out and missing weight. So um, this fight is, uh, again, at 135. So, you know, he, well, his weight will be uh, something to keep an eye on uh, if, if he makes weight. Um, that might be, a, a, you know, a better deterrent of per- his performance. Um, next fight we have... Arjan Buher, which I be- I believe this is uh fella is the f- not first but one of the first uh, s- s- Sikh uh fighters in the UFC, uh could be wrong though could be wrong, um f- he's the first Indo Canadian, so he's Indian and Canadian, so maybe. Maybe I was wrong about the whole Sikh thing, but uh, <laughs> one and on in the UFC, he's beat uh, Luis Henrique uh, in uh, UFC two, uh, 215, and he's taken on uh, the uh, Polish Adam uh, Wierczek. Uh, I'm not going to really uh, struggle pronouncing that, but, uh, you know, this dude's no slouch. He's 9-1. Uh, and one. Uh, uh, Bueller's record is 7-0, and oh, but um, seems like Bueller is... Uh, pr- uh, Expected to win this fight. He's a pretty big uh, favorite. Uh, Anthony Hamilton, not too much uh, too, uh, special competition. Uh, the Polish fella beat there. Yeah, I can't even really... Uh, Wurch check. Um, not yeah, not much of a, you know, an effort put put on there. Um, but yeah, Bueller uh had opened up as like a, a favorite and he sunk to like a huge huge favorite. So seems to be a pretty uh popular fan favorite there and expected to win this one. Uh, Diego Lima, brother of uh, what's his man? What's his brother's Diego? I thought his brother's name was Diego. Douglas, that's his, yeah, Douglas, um, yeah, Douglas and Diego, man, um, yeah, brother of the former Bellator champion, uh, who just fought Rory McDonald, but, uh, Diego Lima was on that, uh, the Ultimate Fighter Redemption a little while ago, uh, was kind of in the UFC a couple years back, uh, lost to Tim Means and Lee Jinglang, ended up getting cut, uh, had back-to-back knockouts and fought in, like, some local promotions for a while, Titan FC and Legacy FC, and, uh, Eventually made his way back to the Ultimate Fighter and uh, had some success on the show and uh, ended up losing in the finale to uh, Jesse Taylor, who was later revealed to be on some performance-enhancing steroids or such. Um, so, uh, and he's also the much superior wrestler and gra- grappler to him. Diego's more of a striker. But um, he's fighting Yushin Okami, who... Uh, Lot, lot to say about Yushin. Yushin uh, threw his last fight. Uh, people don't really th- like talking about it, but dude, totally, um, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, throwing a fight, just, just like totally took a dive, just went in there and got got choked out in like the most like humane, easy way possible, and didn't. I don't think there any strikes were thrown in that fight. He was just taken down and easily gave up a choke, and it was like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm got my payday. Got my pay to get choked out. Um, wasn't even in the UFC before this happened. Uh, OSP was supposed to fight somebody in Japan, uh, and the guy dropped out like uh, I want to say a week or two before. Um, Shogun, he was supposed to fight Shogun the rematch, and uh, Shogun dropped out, and they needed a quick replacement, so they called welterweight Yushin Okami, one hundred and seventy pound Yushin Okami, and said, "Hey, dude." We're coming to Japan in a couple weeks. Uh, Want to go up 35 pounds in weight and fight OSP? And he's like, sure. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, great. We got a replacement. Um, and he uh, just, you know, 
like I said, took a dive in that fight. He was on a winning streak in the, the PFL and World, World Series of Fighting before that. Um, but you never know where the guy's head at, head is at if he's, uh, you know, just throwing fights in the UFC. So, uh, uh, you know, I think if uh, Diego will keep this one standing, he should uh, be able to beat uh, Yushin. But uh, Okami is a favorite. Uh, I just can't cannot put money on that guy as a favorite at this point in his career. Next fight, Shayna Dobson is taking on Lauren Mueller. Don't know much about either of these two women. Um, the, I believe both of them were on the Ultimate Fighter for the UFC uh, one twenty five pound. Uh, no, she uh, only was what uh, Shayna Dobson was, but uh, Mueller came from the uh, Dana White's uh, Contender Series. She came from Gladiator Challenge though, which is not a good promotion. Uh, it's a pretty notorious promotion for having like terrible terrible fighters and um so uh i i consider the dobson's uh maybe it's dobson i'm saying it like an idiot but um uh, i consider her uh, experience a little more uh you know a little more legitimate she's been in there with uh roxanne uh, Monterfari and uh nika minato who were the two women who fought in the finale of for the tough 125 pound uh season so uh i imagine that uh dobson's uh experience will have her uh coming out victorious in that fight gilberto burns versus dan moret never heard of dan moret i'm pretty sure he's a ufc newcomer yep first fight in the ufc uh uh gilbert burns was supposed to fight um who was he supposed to fight and they got injured like the week of the fight um let's check La, 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 la. He was supposed to fight Lando Venata, uh, but he uh, Lando got hurt, so they brought in this guy. Um, yeah, Dan Dan Moret uh, is coming from some promotion. I don't think I've, I've I've ever heard of. Let me let me check what promotion it is again. Um, yeah, VFC. So uh, he's fought in LFA before. So thirteen and three, it's a pretty legitimate record. Six foot, pretty tall for a lightweight too. But uh, I mean, I, I I just can't imagine he's got a he's got a good amount of submissions on his record. But I can't imagine his grappling is anywhere near on the level of uh, Gilbert Burns. Uh, Burns is gonna try to take him down and uh, play with him on the ground. Uh, that sounds a little weird, but you know. Um, you know, just pretty. He's gonna have his way with him. Uh, again, not a weird sounding expression, but um, Burns is such a high high level grappler. He's probably one of the best in the UFC. Um, and uh, you know, not a good fight to take on short notice. Oh, this is a welterweight fight. Uh, seems like they moved the weight up. Um, I guess this Marek guy, didn't have enough time to cut weight. Um, so they bumped it up. Moving on to the prelims card. This fight is gigantic. It's 14 fucking fights long. Um, Christoph Joko versus uh, Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares has been on a been on a roll lately. Uh, he uh, has beat Kyle Magalhaes, uh, Elias Th- Theodoro, and Talislatis. Um, back to back to back. Um, all, all by decision. Um you know, not not too uh, overwhelming performances, but the dude's a pretty good wrestler. Good at good at winning fights by decision. His striking really isn't too uh, too dangerous. But um, uh, Joko is probably the better striker. Uh, they have pretty similar styles though. They're kind of just you know not lay and pray, but they're pretty boring wrestle wrestle oriented fighters. Um, 
So this fight will probably be a wrestling match, pretty boring fight, and I think Tavares will come out on top. I believe he's a favorite right now, um, which, you know, it's a, it's a close fight. I imagine the odds are really close in this one. Um, yeah, uh, pretty close, minus 140. Um, moving on to the card, Wilson Hayes taking on John Moraga. This is a pretty good flatweight flat fight. Uh, Hayes has been struggling lately. Um you know, obviously had that pretty rough fight against uh, Demetrius. Didn't really look too good in it. And then uh, got knocked out against Cejudo. So, uh, coming off back-to-back losses. And uh, John Moraga, I haven't heard of him in a while. Um, he last win was against uh, Magomed Bibulatov, that uh, that Russian uh, flyweight, um, which is really good. You know that guy, that guy was fourteen and zero coming into that fight, and uh, Moraga knocked him out. Um, really showcased his his striking for the first time in a long time. And uh, before before that fight, he uh, beat Ashkan Mokhtarian. Uh, missed that fight in the. Uh, uh, New Zealand, um, you know, had a had a pretty rough patch before them where he uh, lost three fights in a row, but he's been able to bounce back pretty well. You know, momentum is in Moraga's corner, but uh, I believe uh, Hayes will be the better one on the ground. But uh, Wilson's uh, Wilson's striking is is definitely his weakness, and I think Moraga might be able to uh, win this one on the feet. Um, so uh, the Russian uh, Muslim Salikov. Um, Dude is, uh, was on a roll before uh, his last fight. Uh, he was 13-1, just beat Melvin Gillard. Uh, and uh, then he came into the, uh, his last fight against uh, Alex Garcia, and he uh, got choked out. Pretty pretty huge upset, honestly, if I remember correctly. Let me, let me check what the odds were on this one. Um, but uh, he's fighting a gentleman by the name of Ricky Rainey. Uh, no, he was only minus 180 back then, so... Not 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 too much of a of a favorite. Um, Ricky Rainey's a former Bellator fighter. He uh, had a pretty pretty good amount of success in Bellator. Um, you know, lost to likes of Michael Page and David Lima before, but um, racked up some uh, pretty pretty good wins. Um, but uh, don't don't really have too much of a prediction for this fight because just don't don't know either guy too much. But um, moving along, Tim Boach versus uh, Antonio Carles. Shoeface Junior, um, so we all know Boach, the uh, old reliable, um, old reliable gentleman, uh, coming off a win against Johnny Hendricks in his last fight um, last year, but uh, you know doesn't, not really the most threatening threatening fighter. Uh, he's a very you know slow starter and takes it takes a lot of damage, but. Uh, you know the dude just doesn't doesn't go away, and he's not not an easy put away for any fighter. Um, you know sometimes he can get caught by punches, and uh, he is pretty chinny. But uh, you know Carlos Junior is not really too much of a striker. He's more of a uh, wrestler and you know control you on the ground type guy. But his jiu-jitsu is super super good. Uh, jiu-jitsu black belt under Pedineras, I believe. Oh no, under. Hel- Helder Medeiros. Um, so, uh, never heard of that guy, but um, I imagine that uh, Carlos Jr. is going to try to take him down, choke him out. And But uh, Boch's takedown defense is, pre- is pretty good, and um, I don't know, though. Uh, he's, he, his jiu-jitsu is 
nothing special. So I imagine that uh, Carlos Jr. will be able to have some success. But you're going to have to get uh, Boach down on the ground first, and he's going to throw some bombs your way before he does. So he obviously could win the fight by um, some uh, some sort of knockout. But the most likely outcome is uh, uh, ACJ by uh, submission or decision. Next fight, uh, Michelle Watterson and Courtney Casey. Um, Courtney Casey is coming off a really close fight against Felice Herrig that she lost, but uh, a lot of people believe that she won. Uh, we can let's. I'm gonna check out the uh, the uh, how people scored that fight um, in order to see uh, how close it was. Because uh, like I said, I believe a lot of people thought uh, Felice won. So yeah, about uh, half people gave it to Harry, half of them gave it to Casey, with uh, one person giving it a draw. So, you know, um, super super close fight. Um, probably could obviously could have gone either way, and uh, Waterson has been struggling a lot lately. Um, she uh, she got smoked by uh, Tisha Torres in the last fight. Just pretty much got outworked the entire fight, and before that, uh, got her head blasted off by Rose Namajunas and choked out. Um, so she had a pretty rough 2017, uh, she's, you know, not been able to put her, her skills to, uh, together too well in the UFC so far. She got a couple submission wins, but, um, you know, she, her, uh, definitely looked a lot better at Adam weight, uh, back in, uh, Invicta. Um, I think Courtney Casey should be able to win this fight, uh, probably by decision and, um, yeah. Not not much not much else to say about it. Not really expecting anything exciting. Um, next fight, uh, prospect uh, Israel Adesanya is taking on Marvin Vittori. Uh, Adesanya is a former kickboxer. Uh, has turned into MMA. Made his MMA debut or his UFC debut uh, a couple months back. Really great performance. Uh, out uh, knocked out Rob Wilkinson at UFC two eleven. Showed some pretty good uh, takedown fence too. And. Um, He's taking on Marvin Vittori, who's uh, an Italian gentleman, likes getting in brawls. Uh, last fight was a draw against uh, Omar Yakhmedov, but uh, he uh, he gashed a good amount in that fight. Um, and uh, he's a pretty strong wrestler. Um, you know, likes to likes to threaten with submissions, but also is just kind of contempt with. Uh, you know, laying on you for position and winning the fight by decision, uh, like he did against Vitor Miranda. So uh, this fight will be interesting to see uh, to take to see uh, who will win the battle between uh, takedowns versus uh, striking. Um, I think Ani Sanya uh, will be good enough to stuff the takedowns and uh, pretty much butcher Vittori on the feet. Um, Vittori has never been finished though, so I think uh, Ani Sanya by decision is probably the most likely outcome. Uh, Carlos Condit was supposed to take on Matt Brown in a, a welterweight fight. Really good matchup in that one. Two guys who were kind of on the outs of their career. But uh, fortunately, Matt Brown tore his ACL uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, leaving uh, Brazilian cowboy Alex Oliveira to fill in. Uh, Oliveira is coming off of that uh, fight of the year against uh, Yancey Medeiros at UFC 218. But... Um, Took a lot of damage in that fight, man. Looked like he got his nose broken. Um, he, you know, didn't really wasn't didn't really have like a, a crazy knockout finish. It looked like an accumulation of punches just kind of wore down on him over time, and he just like collapsed. Um, 
because you know the the pressure from his nose being broken uh, must have just been so extreme at that point he couldn't take it anymore. But uh, just an incredible, incredible fight. Um, Condit's coming off back to back terrible fights. Looked awful against Neil Magny, uh, and then uh, also looked awful against uh, Damian Maya. Damian Maya just took him down and choked him out effortlessly, which you know Maya can do. Uh, but you know we've seen a lot of guys like. Uh, Covington and uh, Mazidal able to defend Maya's uh, ground game pretty effectively lately, but uh, Condit would just was not able to do it. His takedown defense in his jujitsu has been his Achilles heel of his entire career, so not really too surprising to see there. But Neil Magny, that was ex- surprising. Neil Magny just outclassed him. Uh, looks like someone put something in uh, Condit's milk before that fight because he just you know, didn't have any intention to really win uh, in there. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, this, this, I don't know, it has potential to be a technical fight or a brawl, you know, uh, we haven't seen Condit really get in too many brawls lately, but, uh, it's because I think he's been fighting more technical strikers like Magny, I think Oliveira likes getting in brawls, and, uh, you know, he, he is pretty chinny, he get, got hit a lot by Madero's, uh, gotten rocked a lot in his career so i think that um i think this ha- could have potential to be a brawl or uh you know condit might show up and looking like a looking like his his true form and you know staying on the outside and using his striking to win a decision or maybe even a late finish or uh Oliveira could catch him in, in the first one you know he he really he really uh goes after it goes after the finish and the knockout and uh that could happen uh at the stage of Akana's career honestly um so I want I don't really have a, too much of an official prediction I think uh, Oliveira will win this one though um not saying by uh, decision or knockout I'm not really sure but I don't know Akana just just does not look like himself anymore so uh Moving along to the last fight in the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. What an awesome matchup this is. Two, two t- awesome brawlers at lightweight. These guys are just so tough and uh, never, ever get in boring fights. Uh, I've never seen a boring fight with either of these guys. Uh, Poirier's last fight was a win over uh, Pettis, which is just a dog fight. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he uh, was able to win eventually by like a, a, a rib injury by Pettis, but he was pretty much minutes away from finishing that fight anyway, but he was fully mounted on Pettis and raining down ground and pound. And he, uh, Poirier's just looked awesome lately. His only, only loss in the past couple years uh, is to Michael Johnson, which is a pretty flat, not a flash KO, but yeah, well, he, he just got hit with just one hard punch and just drop. That was a surprising performance by Johnson, but uh, he, uh, uh, outstruck uh, Jim Miller in the, their uh, fight in 2017, and then was in that controversial fight against Eddie Alvarez in uh, uh, back in Dallas last year. And uh, it was getting, I believe, he was getting the better of Poirier in that one. And Alvarez just kind of looked for a way out of that fight, and there was a lot, of, a lot of. Uh, bullshit going on, going around that uh, that no contest from the illegal knee. Um, uh, you know who who knows uh, what would happen if that fight kept going. I think I think Poirier would have won it, but uh, you know I obviously would like to see that rematch really soon. I'm kind of bummed out. Alvarez didn't take that fight. Now, I mean Alvarez just beat Gaethje. It's kind of doesn't make sense for a guy coming off a win to fight a guy coming off a loss, especially when they're both pretty uh high-ranked contenders but nevertheless 
Um, Justin Gaethje, you know, you know, brings him brings it every single time. He's always his balls to the wall. He's got the, one of the one of the best chins uh, at lightweight. Although you know, you never know how how it's gonna keep up. You know, it could fade at any point. One of these days, we saw him get knocked out for the first time in his career against Alvarez. And, uh, you know, he took an ex- insane amount of damage in that fight. So you, you never know when his chin could go. It could be any fight. He could It could be this one. It could be gone. Poirier could hit him with the first shot and he could drop. You never know. Or he could, you know, like the Michael Johnson fight, just eat p- punch after, after combo, after a haymaker, and just walk through it and hit you with harder shots and leg kick you. Um, dude just doesn't, doesn't know how to move backwards, just constantly forward just eating eating punches and throwing leg kicks um this fight just really can't be boring i think it's gonna be like the, the fight that we all expect it's gonna be a, a a brawl early i think that um poirier is gonna be uh you know be the be the more technical one he's gonna know when to like step back and recollect himself and i think the poirier is gonna eventually uh knock uh justin gaethje out probably by tko um I want to see in the third round, just like uh, just like uh, Eddie Alvarez fight. I think the damage is going to accumulate, and, and Gaethje's not going to be able to take it anymore. Um, I, I just don't think Gaethje's just technical enough to be Poirier. Uh, you really have to be patient and technical and powerful to be Poirier, but uh, like McGregor, like uh, Johnson did in their fights, but. Uh, you know this is a pr- pretty uh pretty solid card this uh oh this is a f- yeah it's a big fox card so um 8 p.m start time and this is a pretty good pretty good uh card for fox um you know obviously adi sanya is a good pro- uh, high level prospect we should see some good skills in that fight uh condit um it's a pretty notable name and he should have uh, uh Barra always brings a good fight and obviously the main event just c- can't be boring kind of a uh, bad decision putting Waterson and Casey on there in my opinion I think that it would be much better uh, to put uh, Wilson Hayes versus John Morag I think that's the best matchup on the prelims um so uh quick go through just make these unofficial p- uh, predictions um uh Luke Luke Sanders by decision um Alejandro Perez uh, by ch- uh, submission, uh, Bueller by knockout, Lima by decision, uh, Dobson, Dobson by decision, uh, oh no, yeah, decision, I said, so. uh, Burns by submission, Tavares by decision, Moraga by knockout, uh, Salikov by knockout, um, Bo- uh, Carlos Jr. by submission, uh, Casey by decision, Adi Sanya by decision, Oliveira by decision, and uh, Poirier by knockout. So um, those are just unofficial. I'm literally just rattling off, rattling through the card. Not, not you know, too high level analysis behind them. Um, uh, looking at the the odds for this one, you know, no no lines really stick out at me. Uh, I, I did bet Michelle Waterson, uh, and kind of regretting it now. Probably just free roll that fight uh, out of regret. Um, I don't really think that Waterson has too much of a chance against Casey. She's just looked pretty bad lately, and um, Casey's looked pretty tough. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, Tim Boach as a plus 225, I think that's pretty good. I think he has a pretty decent chance at. Uh, you know, landing a some sort of knockout against uh, Carlos Jr. if he's able to stuff some takedowns. 
And then uh, Marvin Vittorius, again, a plus 200-some favorite. Uh, you know, Adesanya is not proven enough in the UFC to be uh, minus 265, in my opinion. So I think that there might be some value at plus 225 for uh, Vittori. And, um, you know, Dustin Poirier at minus 145. I mean, those that's... It's, I don't know. I, I, I give him a little bit higher of a chance than that. You know, I, I, I put his chances around like 65% instead of 60, maybe even 70. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can bet that that uh, that low of an underdog at minus 145. Um, so uh, John Moraga is an underdog. That's a pretty interesting line. Um, and, uh, again, Dan Moret, uh, plus, even though he's pretty, uh, unknown and unproven, plus 455 against minus 610 Gilbert Burns. I mean, Burns is good on the ground and all, but he's nothing special. He doesn't have any, uh, super good, uh, stand-up or, uh, anything, so, uh, minus 610 is extremely, extremely steep for him. We know, we saw Benil Dariush go down to minus 400-something against... Alexander Hernandez and Hernandez knocked him out like like he totally belonged in there so you know that's a very uh there's a possibility of that happening again uh Luke Sanders is a minus 460 favorite I don't understand how anybody could could lay juice on minus 460 on Luke Sanders I mean the dude has lost two in a row uh uh for goodness sake um, and, uh, you know, obviously Patrick Williams has a lot of inactivity and everything like that, but, uh, I, I'm not interested in even betting him at plus 365, but, uh, just very shocking to see, uh, Sanders at, um, minus 460. It says there, there are props, uh, on best fight odds, but I haven't seen any on five dimes yet. I'm going to check just so I can see, uh, maybe some of the main event ones, um, those are the uh, most interesting ones to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, they, they did release them. Uh, Poirier by TKO plus 195. That seems like a, seems like a money line. Uh, Poirier inside the distance minus 103. I don't understand people who are that many people thinking Poirier is going to submit him um, to be that much of a difference in the line. It seems like... Uh, uh, maybe Poirier, Poirier round three plus seven seventy five. That's a pretty good line. Um, I think, like I said, I think that's when the fight will uh will end. Uh, they did release some general props for uh for the rest of the fights. Adi Sanya by decision plus one ten. Um, that seems seems like a good line at plus money, and um, Oliverians had the distance at plus two sixty five. Wow. Um, that seems that seems interesting because you know just with how unreliable Condit's been lately, and uh, you know I don't think any other lines uh, really interest me at this point. Maybe I'll uh, look at uh, Tim Boach by KO or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, this is a pretty pretty solid Fox card. Uh, I think that's gonna be uh, that's that's gonna be all for the podcast this week. Talked about uh, two twenty three and all the madness behind that. All of the uh, the new little bits and pieces of news coming out uh, in this week, the potential uh, TV deal that's exciting, and uh, talked uh, all about the uh, UFC going down in Arizona in uh, two nights from now. Um, uh, so yeah, that's gonna be all uh, for uh, episode fifteen. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll catch you uh, next week uh, after UFC Arizona uh, before UFC uh, Atlantic City. 
And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast, I thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of Martian Mixed Martial Arts, and I'll see you guys next week for episode 16. Peace. Peace.